Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating courses. Take your food and body healing journey to the next level with these self-paced online courses. If you're brand new to this topic, check out my Introduction to Intuitive Eating course. If you're looking for something more comprehensive that talks about body image healing, health at every size, and intuitive eating, check about my Food Freedom 101 course. And if you're a professional in this space looking to learn more about how to do this work with your clients, but also how to do this work for yourself, check out my anti-diet approach course for professionals. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Intuitive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to episode 69 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. This is a special episode today because I am re-recording my like initial introduction to intuitive eating episodes that were literally the first episodes of this podcast. Um, It somehow has been like three years since I recorded those initial episodes. Um, And basically, initially, I did them as like, what is intuitive eating? What intuitive eating is not? Um, And kind of just gave my thoughts on that. But for this episode, I'm actually diving into each of the 10 principles of intuitive eating, talking about kind of my perspective on each of them, and also sharing how I work with clients on many of these principles. So hopefully it'll give you an idea of some tools you can use on your own journey to really apply and embrace these principles on a deeper level. So I am so excited to share this with you. Um, It's kind of been a long time coming um, to remake those initial episodes. I don't know if you've heard them, but if you have, yeah, it's, it's just, it's been a while. It was time. Uh, but before I dive into this special episode, I want to let you guys know about my group coaching program that starts next week on Friday. So it is a five-week group coaching program. It's starting on Friday, November 6th. It's from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time. Again, runs for five weeks on Friday mornings. Um, It's going to be one hour Zoom calls where we are going through the principles of intuitive eating and really talking about your struggles with applying them. And I'm going to give you tools to work on them and and kind of really, again, like embrace them on a deeper level um, and overcome the struggles that you're having with applying them. Um, And not only that, but you get to connect with other people that are on this journey, having similar struggles hear them kind of echo similar struggles that you're having. And then we get to like dive in and work on healing those together. So it's going to be really cool. It's five weeks long, which is a little bit longer than my group coaching sessions that I ran over the past couple months. Um, And then in addition to these live Zoom calls, you're also going to get a 30-minute individual session with me that's virtual And you'll have access to a private Facebook group with other members of the group where you can kind of continue these conversations throughout the week. 
Um, so this is really an awesome, like all encompassing program. The cost of all five weeks is $199 and you can use the code 10 off to get $10 off. Um, so the way to register for this group is to go to the link on my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD. Click the link. It's the first link in my bio um, or the first click once first link <laughs> once you click the link in my bio um, and it'll easy, easily walk you through registering um, and then you'll get more details from me via email. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to this awesome episode on the intuitive eating principles. Hey guys, so I figured it was time for me to remake my what is intuitive eating episode. So the original recording of this episode was the first episode of my podcast, um, which I want to say it was like 2017. That sounds right. Um, so it's been quite a while. And to be honest, um, that was very early on in my journey of, you know, practicing intuitive eating both personally and professionally. Um, so I feel like, again, it was it's just time for a, a remake of that episode. So here we go. What I'm going to plan on doing is um, giving an overview of what intuitive eating is from a high level, and then I'm going to dive into each of the 10 principles of intuitive eating um, on a basic level, right? Just like introducing them and sharing a little bit about how you can apply that, that principle. So let's start with a basic overview. So intuitive eating is a framework for eating that was designed by two registered dietitians, Evelyn Trivoli and Elise Resch. Their first uh, edition of the intuitive eating book came out in 1995, um, but it's really gained momentum in the past several years, uh, I would say. Um, but it's it's been around for a while. The purpose of this eating framework was really to, in response to the fact that these dietitians saw in their work with clients that the traditional like dieting approach was not working, right? It wasn't sustainable. Both as dietitians, they were frustrated with the, you know, lack of sustainable outcomes in their clients and the clients were frustrated right because they were trying all of these things and then finding themselves weight fluctuating and back and forth and yo-yoing throughout their life um so this intuitive eating approach is really meant to get people back to their own intuition when it comes to eating the same way that toddlers and children are very good at self-regulating when it comes to the amount of food they eat, that when they eat, what type of food they eat, how they eat, all of those things. When really left to their own devices, kids eat the amount that they need and ultimately get the different nutrients that they need for the most part, for most kids. Um, so we have this intuition within us and yet somehow we have a culture full of people who are really lost and confused and not trusting their bodies to guide them when it comes to eating. So the reason it gets all messed up, right, is because of 
this culture that we live in that tells us we can't trust our bodies around food, right? They tell our, we're told that if we were left to our own devices, we'd just eat cake and cookies and frosting and french fries and donuts all day, every day, all the time. Um, that's all we'd ever eat and we would just be super unhealthy and that's the end of it. Um, and really, like, we, we believe this on a deep level. Um, and that belief alone throws a wrench in our intuition. Um, it, it results in our mind kind of putting these foods that we fear on a pedestal. And that ultimately drives us towards that, those foods with greater force. And therefore, we try to avoid them because we're afraid of them. And we think that we'll eat a ridiculous amount of them if we will allow ourselves to eat them. So we, again, we avoid them. And then when we finally are presented with that food or our guard is down for some reason, we end up consuming a ridiculous amount of those foods and in an amount that doesn't feel good physically. And then it reinforces the fact that we can't trust ourselves around that food. It's really just our relationship to that food that's causing this chaotic behavior around it. So it's really ironic. It's really challenging. It's this really messy cycle um, that we're all in here. And the intuitive eating principles are meant to be a framework um, for healing our relationship to food and our body and getting to a place where we really could hear and trust our own body's wisdom when it comes to eating. So that is my, um, I want to say really short synopsis of intuitive eating, but it was pretty long-winded. Um, but that is the the general picture. Um, what I will say is that uh, the intuitive eating model is used a lot with people who struggle with chronic dieting and disordered eating behaviors, right? That, that makes sense, right? The people who most um, need to heal their relationship to food, that's that's kind of who the, this model is aimed towards. However, many people in our culture could benefit from this framework on some level, right? Like using these principles on some level because the baseline of our culture is a disordered relationship to food and body, right? So even if it isn't a really intensely disordered relationship to food and body, um, the baseline of people have this disordered relationship because we live in diet culture, right? And diet culture is the culture we live in that really values weight, body size, body shape, body appearance over true health and well-being, right? So the perfect example of this is how when you get the stomach bug or something like that, you um, you hear, <laughs> you end up making comments like, you know, well, I was sick in bed all weekend, you know, throwing up, I felt awful, but I lost X number of pounds. So that's, that's a positive, right? So this example perfectly shows that we value, our culture values weight and body size, in other words, being smaller, um, over actually health, right? Because in this scenario, clearly, that wasn't a healthy uh, way for your body size to change. And yet it changed. And that was a quote, unquote, good thing. Right. So anyway, that that's what we're working with. That that is the culture we're working with. Um, these principles are a way to try to heal from these cultural messages that we've heard, although it's a really hard thing to do when you're 
literally trying to heal within the greater context of a culture that's still very much immersed in this messaging. Um, so we can't totally escape it, right? Like we, we have to heal while being surrounded by this really disordered messaging, but you can, you can take hold and take, take control of, you know, your healing process and how you choose to take care of your body um, in the context of this messaging that you're, you're constantly exposed to. And that is, that's the goal here. Okay, so let's dive into the principles of intuitive eating. Again, there are 10 principles. They're not a step-by-step -step approach. It's not like start at one, end at 10, and then you're done and good forever. This is a lifelong journey, a lifelong process of learning and unlearning. Um, so again, you know, it's not like you master one principle and then go on to the next. However, there is some, you know, um, intention behind the ordering of some of these principles. So for example, the first principle that we'll start with is reject the diet mentality. It's really important that we start here, right? Because if we try to go on to the, the further principles um, and we're still in this diet mindset, it's going to sabotage the rest of the principles and we're going to see the rest of the principles through a diet mindset and that's not helpful. So what is diet mentality? You could, this could be, you know, phrased a lot of different ways, but basically if you're, um, if you are eating in a way or moving your body in a way that's really tied to external messaging, that's not based on something that's coming from within your body, that's tied to this diet mindset. Also, if you are engaging in movement or um, and eating behavior. I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with what, with what I just said, but um, if you're engaging in these things with the mindset of trying to lose weight, to try to change the appearance of your body in some way, try to change the size, the shape of it, that is also inextricably linked to the diet mentality. Um, so what is the opposite of diet mentality? I mean, generally, it's the intuitive eating, like this this concept of intuitive eating uh, as a whole. But basically, it looks like basing your choices around food and movement off of what your body's telling you, right? So if my body is saying that it's hungry right now, I'm going to eat something. And I'm going to try to pay attention to what sounds good to eat. Um, so I'm going to pay attention to like, yeah, does my body, does, it, does a burger sound good? Does uh, a salad sound good? A wrap sound good? Um, a snack, you know, some kind of, I, I don't know, just some kind of veggie or maybe it's craving chocolate. So checking in with what sounds good and checking in with the cues around hunger and fullness to honor my body best. Um, so this is kind of, you know, the foundation and then the rest of the principles kind of build on that. So going on to principle two, principle two is honor your hunger. This is honestly my the most common place that I start when I'm working with my one-on-one -on -one clients because it's really, first of all, hunger is a sensation that most of us can relate to, right? Like most of us know what hunger feels like. Um, most of us have, have gotten to extreme levels of hunger, and experience that unpleasantness that's associated with that. Um, so I often talk with my new individual one-on-one -on -one clients about getting in touch 
with their hunger, reattuning to this sensation. Oftentimes people that come to me that have been chronically dieting or disordered eating in some way either are, you know, don't recognize their hunger cues, um, don't recognize their hunger cues until they are completely ravenous and overly hungry, right? To that point of just like, like it's basically it goes from zero to a hundred and they're completely irritable and hangry, um, or they're just completely ignoring their cues and they're, you know, bypassing them and saying, oh, that must be, I'm just thirsty, or um, maybe I'll just eat this like quote unquote air food to trick my body, right? So they might be in this place of like trying to trick their hunger or they're just so disconnected from the nuanced cues of hunger that they're only experiencing these really extremes. And most likely they're not even seeing that as the problem. They're seeing the overeating as the problem, right? They, they notice themselves constantly overeating or mindlessly eating or stress eating or um, yeah, boredom eating, whatever you want to call it. And they recognize that as the problem because that's what our culture tells us to focus on and fix is this overeating behavior. But they don't recognize that the reason, one of the, the physical reasons that they are, that's happening for them is because of this dysregulation with hunger, um, this, you know, I don't know if disattunement is a word, but like, like not being attuned to hunger um, and not understanding those subtle cues. That's what's resulting in this overeating behavior. Um, so hunger attunement is super important. Um, the authors of intuitive eating talk about this hunger and fullness scale, which is also something I, I use with my clients a lot. Um, basically, it's just a tool to get you thinking more about what these different cues for hunger and fullness feel like and what your what levels you're experiencing throughout the day. So it's a zero to 10 scale. Zero is ravenously hungry, overly hungry. 10 is overly full, stuffed, really uncomfortably, overly full. And five is right in the middle. You're neutral, not hungry, not full. And basically you want to rank yourself before a meal and after a meal and just get curious about where you're falling on this scale and also what factors are contributing to falling on that place on the scale, right? So if you're at a one or a zero, really, really hungry before most of your meals, why is that happening? That implies that you are not um, eating soon enough, right? You're, you're letting your hunger kind of get out of control. So how can you, how might you adjust that to meet your needs sooner and not kind of exist in these extremes of hunger and fullness? Principle three is make peace with food. So this principle is all about unconditional permission to eat. It's about making the salad morally equivalent to the brownie, right? It's all food is equal. You're not good or bad for eating any type of food. And you can trust your body to guide you when it comes to eating. This is a really hard principle because when you are healing from disordered eating, chronic dieting, or just diet culture in general, right? Just as healing as a person who lives in this culture, and you're trying to practice unconditional permission to eat, most likely what you're going to find is that you are drawn towards the foods that you've previously restricted. Um, and that's scary, right? Because that feels like it's reinforcing the fact that 
you only are ever going to want to eat those fear foods. You're only going to want to eat those foods and you're going to want to eat them in an excessive amount that doesn't feel good for your body. And it's going to lead to, you know, this like out of control, never ending, you know, weight gain. And that makes sense that that's a fear because again, that is the fear that, that our culture has instilled in you and has told you that you should have and that, you know, that's what's going to happen. So yeah, this, this principle is really, really hard. But what I want you to know is that the reason that you are drawn to those foods is because, in such an extreme and intense way, is because of the restriction that you've experienced around that food, whether intentional or unintentional. And your body has to swing to the other side of the pendulum and compensate for that restriction. So that's a really normal swing that needs to happen. And then once you have both feet in on that on that full permission and you really allow that process to happen, you find yourself settling out in the middle of the pendulum, right? But as soon as you get afraid and you're like, oh my God, why is this happening? Then you go back to restriction of some kind or limiting or cutting out or, you know, portioning out the amount that's appropriate to have. Any of that is, is experienced as restriction. And as soon as you do that, you're setting up the slingshot to need to go back to the other extreme, right? To, to go back to the overeating at some point. So we need to lean into and accept that that overeating period is is part of the process and it's, it's part of the healing and it's not the intuitive eating framework that's causing that to happen it's not your natural like eating state that's causing that overeating to happen it's really a healing and a response to the restriction okay so restriction is the problem Principle four is challenge the food police. So this principle is all about identifying the food rules and these judgments that you've uh, accumulated around good and bad foods over your lifetime and really starting to challenge them and push back against them. This is really hard and this takes time because these judgments are deeply embedded. But the most important thing here is bringing awareness to the judgments that come up and just listening to them and thinking about where they came from and, and trying to challenge them in the moment, but not getting mad at yourself for having these thoughts come up or these judgments come up because it's understandable that they're there. Um, and beating yourself up for having these negative judgments around food is not going to get you to a more peaceful place, right? Um, so food police thoughts are, can both be, you know, from without, or from outside of yourself, I should say. They should, they could be from, you know, your spouse or your, you know, your mom or your friends or your coworkers. Or food police things can be from within yourself that, again, probably, I mean, definitely came from without, with, you know, outside of yourself at some point, um, but have been deeply ingrained and now it feels like yourself, right? Like it feels like your own thoughts and judgments. Um, so yeah, that this is a tricky one, but it's really, really important to just build awareness around these thoughts so that you can start to untangle them, dismantle them, bring them to the light so you, you can look at them differently and, and challenge them with this new knowledge that you're accumulating. Principle five is discover the satisfaction factor. 
the prince, uh, the, the authors of intuitive eating talk about satisfaction as the hub of intuitive eating. So basically satisfaction can be linked to each of the, the other principles of intuitive eating. Um, so if you think about it, like in terms of, you know, even like in terms of like hunger and fullness, trying to more often eat, start eating your meal at a place of you know, kind of moderate, pleasant hunger, if that makes sense, and trying to end your meal and finish your meal most of the time at a place of moderate, pleasant fullness, right? Like comfortable, satisfying fullness. Um, so that's just one example. But satisfaction is, it's kind of a really empowering principle because we haven't been taught to pursue satisfaction when it comes to eating. We've been taught to fear satisfaction. We've been taught to fear having, you know, enjoying our food and, and seeking satisfaction and like ple pleasurable foods and eating experiences. This is just not something that has been taught as a value and it can transform your relationship to food when you really sink into and set an intention towards satisfaction. Um, okay, I'll leave that there, but the, the, that principle is like massive. There's so much to talk about when it comes to satisfaction. Um, principle six is feel your fullness. So honestly, I usually don't talk a lot about this principle with my clients because I feel it's so important to focus on the hunger attunement. And I feel that once you are attuned to your hunger, you're pursuing satisfaction, you're working on busting those food rules, like all these other things, the fullness aspect naturally works itself out. Another reason that I kind of hold off on talking about this principle with clients is because I think that clients can be really attached to finding the perfect place of hunger and not overdoing it. And really, this is coming from a very diety place. Um, and it's, it's coming from a fearful place, right? It's coming from a place of, let me not, you know, eat even a morsel too much, because then I'm going to gain weight, or I shouldn't have any more than I quote unquote need. Um, so yeah, I understand why this principle is part of the 10 principles of intuitive eating, but I also think that it's best to not focus there and to trust that you'll get to a place where you're consistently honoring fullness once you allow all these other principles to fall into place. Okay, principle seven is coping with your emotions with kindness. This is a really important principle. And it's also a principle that I think clients are often drawn towards because they resonate with this idea of emotional eating. Um, again, as I've already talked about a bit here, I think that it's really important to get my clients to a place of a foundation of adequate nourishment and honoring hunger cues consistently and challenging food rules and, you know, practicing unconditional permission to eat. Once this foundation is there, this directly impacts your emotional eating behaviors, right? Because if all of this other stuff is out of whack, it 
primes you to be in a place where emotional eating uh, is more likely to occur. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I think that this coping with your emotions with kindness is super important. And also, I think that there's a lot of other like principles that need to start to be addressed before we jump to kind of quote unquote working on uh, the emotional eating piece. And the other thing I'll say here too is that the goal is not to eliminate emotional eating. Emotional eating is a very normal human behavior and normal eaters engage in this behavior. Um, so if we view it as this like problem to fix and view it from this place of like, how can I distract myself in the moment that I have an urge to emotionally eat and like do something else? When we view it from that standpoint, it actually can activate this like scarcity mindset um, that drives us towards emotionally eating or drives us towards food even more. Um, so it kind of can backlash when we when we see it as this like problem to fix, rather than seeing it as, you know, a, a, again, a perfectly normal coping skill. And also, how can we add coping skills to your toolbox? So something I often will talk to clients about when it comes to emotional eating and like a tool around this is when you're in that moment of being drawn towards food, can you allow yourself to use that coping skill because that's maybe a primary coping skill that you've used. And can you also engage in a different behavior as well, right? So engage in another coping skill. So um, don't rip away the coping skill that, you know, has worked for you and you've used for a really long time, but start adding in new ones alongside of this coping skill. And that will eventually result in you having more tools, right? Having more coping skills um, that you can pull on in the moment. Principle eight is respect your body, right? So often um, with almost every client that I work with, we're talking about body image. We're talking about developing a healthier relationship to your body. And this is this is a tough one, right? This is a really deeply rooted um struggle and source of suffering for my clients and for many of my clients you know I definitely would say a vast majority their disordered behaviors around food are directly tied to their dissatisfaction with the appearance of their body so you know it's it's normal that this body image stuff is going to bubble to the surface when we try to challenge these disordered behaviors around food um, where I often start with clients is first of all, getting them to think about where their beliefs around, you know, how bodies should look and, and what bodies should do or, or whatever, where, where those beliefs came from and bringing that to the surface alone can be really eye opening. But the other place I often start with clients is talking to them about changing their relationship to their body, right? So not necessarily directly talking about how we can change how they feel about the appearance of their body, but changing the actions and, and the behaviors that they choose to engage in as a result of these thoughts. So if I have a really negative thought about a, a part of my body someday, or I try on a pair of jeans that used to fit me differently and they aren't fitting today, um, I'm going to have a lot of thoughts about that. I'm going to have a lot of fearful based thoughts. 
Um, but I can choose what I do as a result of that, right? So an old me might choose to go on a diet, not eat a meal that day, um, try to compensate using exercise or something um, to affect the, the size or shape of my body. Me now can have those fearful thoughts pop up and choose to instead honor my body that day, eat the meal, honor my hunger cues, move my body in a way that is aligned with what feels good for it and my energy level that day. So even if I have all these fearful thoughts and I have the thought about, oh my God, maybe I should do X, Y, Z, really negative disordered behavior, I can choose differently. And that is sending a really strong message to myself that I know that I deserve better, even if these thoughts come up that I don't have a lot of control over, right? Um, so there, there's a lot to do here with this body image work, but I think that a really important place to start is on your relationship to your body as a whole and not necessarily on the relationship to the appearance of your body, right? Because that, that's a, a tricky place to start and not necessarily the most helpful place to start. Okay, principle nine is all about joyful movement, you know, changing your relationship, healing your relationship to exercise and, and moving your body. Um, exercise for most people has been tied to trying to change the appearance of their body in some way, the size, the shape, the appearance. Um, and oftentimes people experience kind of the on the on the wagon, off the wagon fluctuations of you know, you're on the diet, so you're exercising, and then you're off the diet, so you're not exercising. And so exercise is really tied to, again, this this goal of changing your body, and it's it's tied to this, like, being good and, like, you know, yeah, checking off the box. And that is a really easy thing to feel pressure around and to feel want, want to feel rebellious towards. So how could you change your relationship to exercise? A good place to start is thinking about types of movement that you genuinely enjoy and that you don't associate with kind of standard quote unquote exercise maybe, right? So maybe a type of movement that you engaged in when you were younger or that again, that you just like liked, maybe it's a game, maybe it's something that you just never considered to be exercise because it wasn't very intense, whether it's like walking or stretching in the morning um, or, or something like that, but it, it could be anything, right? Um, so thinking about these types of movement and thinking about how you can incorporate more of those. Um, but also I think it can be helpful to try to eliminate the numbers game from exercise, at least for a period of time, right? Trying to detach yourself from the step count, the, certainly the calories burned, um, the minutes you're engaging in movement, um, trying to detach yourself from that so that you can really tune into what your body's asking for that day. How much movement is your body asking for? How can you tell in the moment when you're like, yeah, I've had enough. Um, and that is going to be a really, again, powerful way to connect to your body and just approach movement in a different way. All right. We have made it to the final principle of intuitive eating, and that is honor your health with the gentle nutrition. So I mentioned at the beginning that this is not a sequential thing, right? It's not a step-by-step -step approach. 
but there is some intention to the ordering of these principles. And the honor your health with gentle nutrition principle certainly comes last because it is very, it can very much be a slippery slope back to dieting if you are, if you even have kind of a sliver of that diet mentality still going on. So honestly, I I talk, I do talk about gentle nutrition in a way with my clients, but not very much and um, kind of maybe not in the way that you expect would expect me to talk about it. So one way I talk about gentle nutrition is right from the beginning, talking about adequate nourishment, getting in enough food consistently throughout the day, right? So not enough calories by the day's end, but in the right, like not the right, but the in an adequate way so that your hunger needs are met, um, your body's fuel needs are, are consistently met throughout the day. Um, another way that we'll kind of talk about this too is like getting a variety of nutrients at your meals. Um, this particularly comes up if, you know, I find people eating, you know, just one nutrient at a particular meal. So for example, if someone is just having like a piece of bread for breakfast, right? There's not a lot of nutritional diversity there. So I would talk to them about how can we add something to this meal to make it more satisfying and more filling and, and it'll hold, hold you over better. Um, so yeah, that, that's a couple of things that I talk to people about. In general, my approach with gent gentle nutrition is from a, a framework of, or a vantage point of addition, right? What can we add to your day, to your snacks, to your meals, um, to better meet your body's nourishment needs, rather than from the, the diet culture vantage point of what can we restrict, limit, portion control, cut out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that is kind of the difference between um, the diet diet mindset and then this like gentle nutrition mindset. All right, guys. So that is a wrap on the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Um, I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys because, again, it's been literally years <laughs> um, since I first recorded that like intro to intuitive eating episode. It actually was like a couple episodes. I split it up into two. Um, but I'm hoping that this gives you a really good detailed overview of these principles. And hopefully you have some ideas of how you can, you know, really engage in these on your journey. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 69. If you want to register for my five-week intuitive eating group coaching program, um, just a reminder to go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore rd and click that link it'll be the first link once you do that and you can register that way don't forget to use the code 10 off so it's the number 10 and then off and you'll get 10 dollars off the registration fee all right guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll talk to you soon